Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for joining me this hour. I hope you are having a good day. I hope you had a good weekend, too. It's scorching hot here in the Twin Cities, which definitely feels like summer. And I'm going to figure out just how good my air conditioner is working today, because they say that they're not going to really tune it up uh, until it's really an emergency. So I'm just hoping that uh, it's, it's working. So I hope yours is, too, if you have one, which is a privilege and a blessing to have a climate-controlled home. You know, we live like kings. Um, and I can't imagine a world without air conditioning. Uh, how tough settlers were uh, 150 years ago um, when they would cross the country and they would just be exposed to the elements all day long. And it's not like they'd pull into a Starbucks for getting one of those big green teas, which could be very tasty. But we're going to talk about uh, weather and uh, some of the inconvenient facts that uh, shows up. Uh, my guest is uh, Gregory Wrightstone. He's written a book called Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. And I've got all kinds of questions, again, and I bet you do too. And if you do, let me know what they are. You can send them over to me via text at 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. And uh, Greg, Gregory, welcome to the show. Yeah, good to be back on with you. A lot of stuff going on all over. It's a, it's, it's a crazy world we're living in right now, isn't it? It really is. And I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the pandemic, the COVID, the COVID pandemic, and how that's being translated into uh, uh, messages for climate and everything else. But before I get to that, I do have a question. And I don't know if this is your department or not, but... Um, Radiation levels seem to be like what, like a, a hundred million times higher than they were fifty years ago. Do all of our technology um, does does that affect uh, weather at all? And by radiation, I'm drawing a blank here because I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, I mean cell phones, Wi-Fi networks, oh, laptops, oh, yeah, tablets, yeah. all that stuff. I, I was wondering if that has any contributing factor to changing or affecting the climate at all. No, I've not, I've not read or, or even heard anybody speculate about that. Um, I think the main driver for, for temperature and climate is probably what it's been since the dawn of time, and that's probably variations primarily in solar activity. Um, but, but no, I've, I've not heard or read anything about, about uh, if you're talking about, Radiation from electrical devices yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah I, didn't know, I, I didn't know. If I that couldn't f- imagine how that would really have anything to do with it. Well, that was just a question I had, and thank you for answering it. And now I'll never bring it up again. <laughs> so that's it's no, no, <laughs> no, no. It's it, a you thousand know, times no. No, I was wondering it. if it was maybe kind of a dumb question because I ask those from time to time, like every day. No, there are no dumb questions. Just. Oh, I'm not going to. I was going to say just dumb people asking them, but, but that's, that's pretty insulting. I'm sorry. Yes. I apologize. Yeah, 
So no, um, uh, but I, I did. I, it's interesting. I just uh, posted a link to a video that was just released today, uh, linking these climate change warriors. It's called the uh, the Sunrise Movement. A lot of it has to do with these young. Remember Fridays for for climate, where there were school strikes and the young people that were. 12 and 14 years old that were they're part of the sunrise movement mm-hmm. uh, the video they had a two-year undercover investigation of this that was just posted today uh, i put it out a lot of interest it was just removed from youtube just 20 oh, minutes ago didn't last long did it no it didn't but it had i think 180,000 views since it was posted this morning and I mean, it gone. was very well very well done mm-hmm. yeah we're we're you know we're people like me that uh, present the uh, facts and the science that dispute catastrophic man-made warming. Uh, we're subjected to uh, intimidation and silencing of us. Uh, in fact, we're just uh, the library for my own home township where I live here in Pennsylvania refused to stock my book. Uh, and just as, as blatant censorship. Mm. Uh, they didn't have it. All they had were, were climate alarmist books there. And a lot of them. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm in the process of writing my second book. I think I might dedicate it to that library with a picture of the library. <laughs> nice. But, uh, uh, and, and, you know, also we, we see these Antifa people. Antifa came after me when I was speaking at the uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Summit in St. Louis um, a little over a year ago. They got up. There were three of them that got up in the middle. I was about 10 minutes into my presentation, uh, and the presentation was concerning the, the many benefits of rising temperature and increasing CO2. And they got up and started screaming, uh, scientists lie, people die, you have the blood of uh, climate refugees on your hands, uh, climate change is killing us. And the police, there, there was a police presence there. They were there within a minute and dragged them off. Uh, so, I, you know, and they were, there were a bunch of people protesting outside, and these guys actually paid their way to come in uh, dressed in a suit and tie, mm-hmm. and coming up and poking me in the chest, screaming at me. Wow. Uh, that wasn't a pre, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was a, it was a, a, a friendly crowd. And so I, I wasn't, I was more amused than anything else. You know, if it was if it was a bunch of them and just me, it'd be a little bit different situation. But there were probably 150 people in the room, and I and I know for a fact there were people carrying, uh, and there weren't carrying bags of potato chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, there was there was no way anything bad was going to happen to me at that point. Uh, but it, it brought up the case too. And we've had recent discussions here because uh, I've been getting a, a fair amount of notoriety about my. My views on climate change. We've actually had a discussion with the, the uh, daughter and son-in-law. We're over having dinner just the other night, talking about you need to up your security around here, Dad. You know, more more lighting. You know, make sure you know where. You know, just be thinking about your security. Uh, so these are things we we work we worry about here on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, Gregory, I'm just curious when we look at the way. COVID-19 is happening right now, and they're talking about how we have to follow the science. And if we follow the science and it turns out that we're successful in, in dealing with this, then we have to then connect the dots to say now we have to trust science for climate change. 
And 100 percent of what we hear is uh, from one side of the coin. We don't hear your yep. side very often. Yep. Uh, there, there are a lot of links between climate change and climate change alarmism and this COVID-19 alarmism, if you will. If we look, we'll take a look at the models. The models greatly overpredicted death rates, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And we see the same thing with climate models, greatly overpredicting warming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just do two and a half to three times too much warming from what we actually see. Um, we also see that there's that they silence anyone who has a. If you, you try and post something uh, contrary to the notion that COVID nineteen is just terrible and we're all going to die, if you post things that are contrary to that, it'll be taken down immediately. They won't allow it up. And the same thing goes for climate change here with a lot of this. Uh, I'm a fact and science-based guy. I don't. I try and stay out of the politics. So I, I haven't had many of my posts, uh, either on YouTube or uh, Facebook, taken down. I have a YouTube channel uh, that, that relies on peer-reviewed information, NASA, NOAA, uh, statistics to, 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 to dispute what we're being told of. The, the main thing is this unusual and unprecedented warming. And the other thing we talk about, there was a, a webinar recently uh, where they had four, they interviewed four uh, climate alarmists, the Ayatollahs of alarmism, if you will. Uh, one of them was from the Council of Foreign Relations, the CFR. You're probably familiar with them. A great globalist, one-world, Rockefeller-funded group. Uh, think Bilderbergers, if you will. Uh, but these are she. She was pushing this. We need the climate change and COVID are both global problems, and both require a global solution. You know, let let us at the UN take care of this. Let us take globally. Let's get this global vaccination program going. She was pushing stuff like that. The one thing they talked a lot about was what they were calling distancing uh, and and talking about climate change and COVID-19. In COVID-19, the distancing came in when it was first announced that there was a virus over in China, over in Wuhan. Well, we weren't that very, we weren't frightened, were we? It was all of those poor people. That's too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's keep our eye on it. And then it started spreading. It got closer and closer, and the fear spread until it was on our doorstep and in some of our homes. And that's when the fear really and, – and so it went from di- very, a far distant potential threat to something that's all, all of a sudden here. And they're talking about cl- distancing with climate change being something that might happen uh, long in the future, decades, many decades in the future. And so what they were talking about is what we need to do is we need to show people the immediacy of the threat right now. We have to show people that they're being negatively affected today by climate change. And so they're, they're really going to and have been. They're, they want to, they're going to be doubling down with every tragedy, every storm, every hurricane, every tropical depression that fails to uh, morph into a hurricane – fires and and we're getting into this what I call the the climate alarmist favorite season which is summer mm-hmm. and early fall because that's that's the time when hurricanes hit that's the time when uh wildfires uh spread and they're going to be in, in this webinar these people 
the, Catherine Hayhoe and this other woman from the CFR, they were almost rubbing their hands together gleefully, just talking about, oh, it's supposed to be a really bad hurricane season. Oh, boy, when that first hurricane hits, we got to make sure that we let people know that it's because of climate change and, and you know, and the fires. We got to make sure that people know that fires are getting worse because, no, they're not. Fires are not getting worse. They're actually in decline, mm-hmm. completely opposite of what we're being. Hurricanes are not getting worse. They're getting, we're having actually in a, in a near record low number of hurricanes, landfalling hurricanes in the United States this decade. Uh, I was just looking at that this afternoon uh, in terms of uh, major landfalling, Category 3 and above. Uh, there have been some periods of time where it was just, we had decades of, of just extremely large numbers yeah. of hurricanes that, that hit the United States. Greg, let me take a little break. Gregory Wrightstone is my guest. If you have a question, we're talking about uh, climate science, and he's uh, written a book called Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Let me know what the questions are. You can send a text to 877-933-2484, or if you like the old-fashioned way of sending an email, I can get that as well, bill at myfaithradio.com. Be right back. Welcome back. Gregory Redstone is my guest. He's a scientist. He's been studying geology and the world's processes for the last 35 years, and he knows what he's talking about. So... One thing I was thinking right before we went to break, Greg, is the the idea that we anyone would be cheering for human misery to advance their agenda. Oh, yeah, doesn't seem and, very nice. No, it doesn't. And but that's 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 the world we live in today. And and since uh, this is a Christian show, I, I I believe that my viewpoint, which is fact and science based on climate change really has a, a big Christian perspective in that if indeed we're causing the planet to warm and it's going to get really dangerous, kill a lot of people and make animals and ecosystems go extinct, well, then as Christians, we have a duty to make sure that we do something about that. And and But the problem is the solutions that are being proposed, number one, we don't see that actually happening. Uh, I'm a huge proponent, and I, my main, when I talk, I talk a lot. We've talked before. You know I'm a huge proponent of the fact that the modest warming we've seen, and it started warming 300-plus years ago, the modest warming we've seen combined with increasing CO2, carbon dioxide, is leading to an earth and a humanity that are prospering thriving and it's we're just getting by almost every metric we look at the earth's ecosystems and humanity are getting better and better more food actually fires decreasing uh the things they're talking about deserts are shrinking not expanding uh the earth is greening and there's just so much uh, that's hugely beneficial right now that's going on and they don't they, they you can't they don't want to, they don't want you to hear it and so this this is a I think it has a strong Christian message of what we're doing. Also, that their solutions will harm the poorest among us the most. Their solutions are to increase energy costs for everybody. 
which again impacts the poorest the most. Well, they're they want to restrict uh, clean burning energy. There are still billions of people around the world. Yeah, it's about a, I think it's over a billion people that are still cooking over in their homes over dried dung and wood, leading to it's estimated four million premature deaths due to lung disease and lung issues. Those are four million deaths that could be easily prevented by providing. They're actually mostly women, but you know that are cooking over these fires around the world. Uh, they could be provided electricity, uh, propane, compressed natural gas. Uh, these are these are things that are fossil fuel uh, fire. But we, those are four million deaths that could be easily spared. Uh, and what what these people like Catherine Hayhoe, whose whose husband is a is an evangelical. Minister, They're, they they run a church da- down Texas, and but her her solutions would impact the poorest the, among us the most. And um, so I, I I've a, I've written a number of articles and blogs on uh, condemning the Pope actually on his stand because again it's his his stand is one of we need to we need to get off of fossil fuels we need to raise energy costs. Uh, we need to go to renewables. But again, it, it does not make sense. Uh, we're really, if you do these things, we're destining billions of people to continue generational poverty. And you and I don't want that. What I believe, my philosophy is in one sentence is we should use all of Earth's resources for the betterment of mankind and do it as good stewards. And it's pretty simple. Use all of Earth's resources to make mankind improved and and do it wisely mm-hmm. i mean you'd be surprised how many people would disagree with that oh no i can imagine and um, you know in the and the the pope uh, taking that stand has got a pretty big audience so there's a lot of people listening to his perspective yeah and there's yeah i don't know how many people are on the verge of starvation today so a little bit of warmer weather is creating a better food source to feed more people. I can't believe that would be a bad thing. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and you can learn a lot of the a lot. I write a lot of commentaries. You can see that if your listeners are interested, I've also got a number of internet fascinating videos uh, at my website, which is inconvenientfacts.xyz. Uh, you could go there for that. I've got a YouTube channel. And uh, you could see the one of the commentaries. Actually, was, I'm going to be republishing it here. It was a, a combat. It was a comparing Noah, you know, for Noah and the Ark, N O A H, uh, Noah and Noah N O A A, which is the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. And what I thought was, it was I was I was kind of proud of it because it was. If you look at back during Noah's time, we we had a an earth and a world where humanity was was despotic and there was only one righteous man according to the bible noah and if they didn't reform their ways uh, god was going to unleash uh, torrential rains and flood the earth right and that's no n o a h uh, if we compare that today we see noah n o a a is saying oh uh because of your sins of emission, if you follow me, mm-hmm. your sins of emission of CO2, uh, the uh, the earth will, will be uh, uh, imposed with huge floods and flooding and death and, 
and you you need to get rid of your sins of remission. So we've the, both of these. It, it was kind of interesting, and and Noah's symbol is one of a dove carrying a branch, just like the symbol for Noah is a dove carrying a branch. So it was it was kind of fascinating with the the relationship there. That is very interesting. I would love for you to talk about what's going on with the ice in the world. Uh, Give me an update on ice. Well, let's talk about Antarctica. All right, let's go there. Um, There was a recent study two weeks ago that was released saying that, oh, Antarctica is melting, and the rate of melting has increased. And if you look, and it was from new satellite work, and if you looked at the map that accompanied it, in fact, western Antarctica and the Antarctic Peninsula are both losing ice. They, that, comp, that, that accounts for about 10% of the, of the continent. The rest of the continent is either stable or increasing with ice. And, and if you look, I'm a geologist, so I thought this was fascinating. There's a, what's called a, a spreading center. There's a rift zone along western uh, Antarctica and the Antarctic Peninsula. It's this huge, it's a, if you will, a spreading center. It's a plume of, of the mantle, hot magma that's coming up. And then it gets up close to the crust, and then it kind of folds, but it causes a spread. It, but what it is, it's huge heat flow. So they were right. That part of Antarctica is melting, but it's melting from beneath the ice, not on top. If it was global atmospheric global warming, it would be melting from the top down, not the bottom up. And so they got it. They've got it. Just they. So what? This is this is what's what's we see this in a lot of the hoaxes is take a kernel of truth and then twist it to make it tie into what their preconceived notion is. And it's, it, there's just a strong, strong uh, correlation there between that. And actually, I've got a, a YouTube video on that. Uh, I interviewed a fellow, that, uh, James Camus, with this, what he calls plate climatology and uh, it, the relationship between these uh, big rift zones around the world uh, and uh, temperature. And we see the same thing sort of in the northern polar ice cap has been, we know it's been retreating, uh, but if you look where it's, where it's retreating, it's from both the east and the west, and we have rift zones that flank that area that may be adding a lot of, of heat to the ocean. Uh, so there's a, there's a huge amount of heat flow coming up from the earth that's, for the most part, uh, not accounted for in any of the modeling. That is so interesting. Gregory Wrightstone is my guest. He's written a book called Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. If you have questions, let me know what they are. Send me a text. I will ask them on your behalf. 877-93-FAITH, 877-933-2484. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with Greg.
back to the show. Gregory Redstone is my guest. He's written a book called Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. And right before break, Greg, we were talking about uh, ice. And I found it really interesting that some of the melting is happening from below, not from atmospheric CO2. I'm sure there's other people that would let you uh, know otherwise and give you a piece yeah. of their mind. Well, maybe so. Uh, but you, you, actually, I've got a, like I say, I've got a video. I've got a series of video, YouTube videos. It's called The Climate Chronicles. That's uh, available at my website, too. And if you click there, you can go, if you go to the videos, you can actually see this uh, with, with where this rift system is and where the melting is occurring and where it's not. Uh, I, I think it's fascinating. And the other thing, you know, one thing that I'm not sure if we talked about this before when I was on, uh, but, you know, I'm, a, I'm also a big proponent of, as a geologist, I look back through human history, thousands of years of human history, and find that it's the previous warming periods the Roman warm period, the time of Christ, the, the medieval warm period, which was the high Middle Ages, each of the previous warming periods that are similar to what we're in right now, humanity prospered and, and benefited. Crops were bountiful. Uh, great empires rose up. And it was the intervening cold periods between them, like the, the Greek Dark Ages, the Dark Ages, the most recent one was the Little Ice Age, that were horrific. Uh, Crops failed, famine and pestilence set in, uh, diseases were rampant. And again, they, these are associated with cold periods. And just again, it's, isn't it just opposite of what we're being told? We're, we're being told, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it can't get any warmer. Uh, we can't, we've got to keep the warming to one and a half degrees centigrade and, 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 and the like. But that's, that's not been the, the case historically in the past. We, we've seen that uh, historians call these previous warm periods uh, climate optima, and they're called climate optima for a reason. It's because, again, it, they're hugely, hugely beneficial. Uh, fear the cold, uh, not, not the heat. And, in fact, one of the great stories uh, that I, I've captured, you can go to my blog, or, again, I've got a video on it, uh, is the strong relationship between the witch hunts of the late Middle Ages in Europe and climate change. And as we started getting out of the medieval warm period, it started, temperatures started dropping, famine, crops failed, famine set in, uh, people started dying right and left. And, of course, who did they blame it on? Weather-causing witches. Mm. And uh, in my, if, you, if you go to my blog or in, in, in the video, I've got a great chart comparing uh, number of witches killed per decade. Yes, they kept records. Uh, compared that to the temperatures of the time, and just a great correlation. Uh, and it only witch hunts really only stopped when it started warming up again. Uh, so it's a uh, you know climate climate change fueled. Uh, the, there there was many as thirty to forty thousand witches killed during that time in Europe. And, and again, it was wow. because of of cooling temperatures that drove famine. And again, mm. it, once again, it's just opposite of what we're being told. Yeah. All right, Greg, I've got some questions starting to pile up here. So can I go through some sure. of these questions? Shoot. Yeah. A guy says, the tracking of weather data is a relatively new science, but record weather events are not framed in that context. Coincidentally, the government regulations stemming from COVID-19 align with the Green New Deal agenda. You have some 
smart. You 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 have some smart listeners. Oh, tell me about it. Guys, one of my one of my smarter ones. I hear from him often. Um, yeah. Yeah, read that again, the first part. Yeah. I was... The tracking of weather data is yeah. a relatively yeah. new science, but record weather events are not framed in that context. Right. Yeah, we, we've only, the satellite record only goes back to about 1979 mm-hmm. for, for really accurate global records, very accurate. Um, the longest temperature record, thermometer-based temperature record, uh, goes back to about 1850. It's, it's extensive. There's a, the longest temperature record available goes back to the year 1659. It's called the Central England Temperature Record. Uh, there were some several stations around the United Kingdom that measured that. Uh, and if we look at that record, we see that it was 1659. It was a few decades later, we were still going, we, we were still within the death-dealing cold of the Little Ice Age. And it started warming uh, after, in the late 17th, the 1600s, late 1600s. And, and we've been warming in fits and starts ever since then. Uh, but he, but he's right about that. We We are limited in our in our knowledge, uh, and the record keeping. And again, too many times the alarmists just look at the last decade or several decades, maybe 50 or 100 years of, of the records that we do have and, and use that to justify uh, their linkage between carbon dioxide increase and greenhouse gas emissions and, and the warming that we've, that had been going on for 200 years before we really started adding much CO2 to the atmosphere, because great amounts of CO2 in the atmosphere, it has been rising, and it's due to us burning fossil fuels, but that really didn't escalate until the mid-20th century. Uh, so it had been warming for well over 200 years before we started adding CO2. It's just continued a bit. It looks like we're in a somewhat of a hiatus to the warming uh, right now. If we look at the uh, the best... The U.S. Climate Reference Network across the United States shows absolutely no warming since about 2005. Uh, That's surface temperature. Uh, The satellite data shows it continuing to go up a little bit. Mm. All right, here's another uh, comment that came in. And it's interesting because I don't know if if families are all agreeing on the same issues. And I don't exactly understand or know the tone of this email, but I have a feeling that this man and his wife may not agree. He says, do you find comfort in knowing what is true versus what is being taught in the media? And he said, my wife is a science teacher and thinks guys like you are ridiculous and a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> I'm a science denier, I guess. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I use, she's probably never seen some of the data that, that I use. And, and I, I'm completely convinced that I can convince just about anybody unless they're absolutely uh, have drunk the Kool-Aid, which mm-hmm. is, might be 10 percent of the population, sure. that I can convince them of, of what I'm saying. Because I'm not, I'm not denying that climate change is happening. Of course it is. What I'm, what the, the big difference between me and, and perhaps her is that she believes that the warming that we're seeing – is driven by our greenhouse gas emissions. Um, I, I will concede that increases in greenhouse gas and CO2 have a warming effect on the atmosphere. I just don't think it's that great. Uh, and it's, it's overwhelmed by the same natural forces 
that are driving temperatures since the dawn of time. And, and if we look, the, the big thing that she would say would be that, I'm pretty sure, I'll put words in her mouth, but she would say that the warming that we're seeing right now is unusual and unprecedented. It's We've never seen warming like this in 2,000 years. That's that's Dr. Michael Mann from Penn State, his hockey stick. Um, that's what they need you to believe. But if we actually look at the temperatures going back to the end of the last ice advance, uh, we see that there were nine other warming trends that were very similar to what we're in right now. And five of those nine had higher rates of warming. And again, those weren't. Those were completely naturally driven. So what I see are temperatures and rises in temperature that are very similar in the past to what we have today. I don't, I don't see that what we have today is unusual and unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And the other half of this is climate change. Modest rise in temperature combined with increasing CO2. Is that, gonna, is that leading to catastrophic events, or is it beneficial? And you know my answer. Uh, the, the facts, the science, and the data confirm for sure that we are benefiting uh, from what we're seeing with climate change right now, it's just, and it's not even close. There's, there's just, you just take a look at, just one metric after another is, is improving. So interesting. All right, uh, here's another question, and I don't even know how to. I don't even know what this means. Can you ask him about chemtrails and how uh, that could be affecting our atmosphere and food supply? Yeah, I don't talk about chemtrails. I'm, I don't even know what chemtrails I, I, are. And people that that ask. If I tell, if I say what I really think about chemtrails, I would insult the person. I don't want to do that. Okay, and I don't even it's, know what chemtrails are, so let's move it's on. Supposedly that we have this vast network of airplanes that are spreading uh, chemical agents to block the sun. Okay, all right. Intentionally. Okay. It ain't, it ain't happening. All right. Um, another question. I've heard we're in for a cooling trend due to increasing solar activity. Is that the case? Ah, yeah, that's it's fascinating. We're going into what's called the grand solar minimum. Uh, I, I've read uh, people I respect that are talking about this. And on one hand, I could I could argue that yes, that should occur. Uh, on the other hand, as a geologist, I look at the other warming trends. Again, I I I strongly believe that the past is the key to the future. The future. And, and the present is the key to the – if we look at what's actually happened in these other warming trends, this warming trend we're in should look probably similar to the others. And if that's the case, we should probably see another, who knows, 50, 100, 150 years of this warming and then before it gets cold again, which would be, would be very, very bad. Um, so it, it could happen, but if you're going to ask me – Frankly, I don't know. I, I, you know, making predictions about what's going to happen 50 or 80 years in the future. I'm, I'm a smart enough person to know that there, you have to be aware and know the limits of your knowledge. Um, and I, I, can, I can argue both cases there on that. Uh, cooling due to the, the grand solar minimum that we're going into or warming based on uh, previous warming periods that went, lasted longer and ended up warmer than today. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg, there's another question. What do you know of Dennis Meadows and resource depletion? I've never heard of him. Okay. But resource depletion, if it's, if I had to guess, it's their, uh, this 
philosophy that we're running out of resources, I mm-hmm. would suppose. That, I would guess that would be the case as well. And we, but we've just not seen that. It's been pre- predicted for uh, more than a century that our, our population on Earth was just not sustainable, uh, that it was, uh, you know, that we, we were going to use up all our resources. And then, you know, peak oil was, was similar to that. And we've seen how that worked out with negative oil pricing not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I have another uh, listener who thinks you sound like Nick, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and I, just want, I wish I had his money. I, I bet, I bet. But I just want to say after that comment, your cool index went up by like five points in my book. <laughs> well, there's a, actually there's a fascinating, uh, if you, we talk about correlation and causation. Uh, when they talk about climate change and, and global warming, that uh, you know, it is, it is, it's been warming since the early 20, well, long time, but if you look from the 20th century on, along with increasing CO2. But that correlation doesn't apply causation. There's a fascinating correlation between the number of movies made by Nicolas Cage <laughs> and, seriously, mm-hmm. and the number of people that die uh, in, in a swimming pool. Oh, swimming wow. pool death. <laughs> and again, it's just. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it's again. They correlate. But yeah. It's, one doesn't cause the other, and that's what I would argue for CO two and, and and temperature. All right, we've got time for a few more questions. Let me know what they are. We're talking to Gregory Wrightstone. His his book is called Inconvenient Facts: The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. You can send the question over to eight seven seven nine three three two four. 84 877-933-2484. Be right back. show. Gregory Whitestone is my guest. His book is Inconvenient Facts, the Science that Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. And when you were talking about being a science denier, Greg, I was, you know, I've just been watching the progression since COVID-19 popped up where, you know, Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who's like a 39-year epidemiologist, the expert said the science basically says America doesn't have anything to worry about. Um, And then then it don't worry, it's not going to get to America, we're fine. And then it's here, and then don't worry, There's no. it's not going to affect you. And now all of a sudden, you know, our entire economy gets shut down. And you hear so many different sides from coming from him. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Now um, we're supposed to wear a mask, you know. So you know, when it comes to science, science is a moving target sometimes, isn't it? Oh, it is. And... Uh, but we find climate science, it's its really an agenda-driven yeah. science. What, what, what they've done really is come up with uh, the answer, and you just have to fit all the data to that. Right. It, it, a great example, I, I get so frustrated and so angry sometimes at some of these uh, scientists that are posting this stuff. A recent one was the uh, the extinction event. There's supposedly a, a, the, the, next, the sixth next sixth mass extinction that's going on right now. They're, they're dying. Species are going extinct right and left. 
Well, this was a U.N. report that was put out, and it was uh, – it was – uh, they, they claim that as a million species may go extinct uh, over the next uh, decades. Well, to get a million species going extinct, uh, that would be uh, require 25,000 to 30,000 species per year to go extinct. And uh, we just don't see that. I took a look at the actual data to find that the actual number of species going extinct per year, or per decade rather, rather was, was two per decade. Completely different from what we, what we see is that extinctions peaked uh, in the late 1800s, and they've been in significant decline ever since. That's uh, surprising to me. That, oh, it, 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 those numbers are so off. Yeah, they are, and it's it was absolutely. I took that. I used the exact same data that they did, that this UN study did. They looked at it on a century by century basis. So blended all these. I looked at and took the same data, looked at it by decade by decade on ten-year decadal uh, scale to find that extinctions are are significantly declining, significantly. Um, and so the big story should have been not uh, this uh, alarm over mass extinctions, but rather the story should have been, we're doing a really, really good job protecting our endangered species. Mm -hmm. I am a uh, Christian, so I'm going to stand firm to what the Bible teaches, but there's also people involved in climate science that feel every bit as passionate. Yeah. Um, Well, I would say they're wrong. Uh, And and I tell you, I've got a, a... I've got a lot of people. Whenever they get into this discussion, there's a lot. There are a lot of facts in my book. Uh, they, they come from NASA, NOAA, uh, peer-reviewed studies. But I've also got a smartphone app that has this information. You can have that in the palm of your hand if you get into this discussion with somebody. That you can actually call up all 60 inconvenient facts. So you, uh, you know, if you run into someone that that has that. And I travel around the country. I find. Uh, well, I used to travel when I was speaking out of speaking gigs, uh, not anymore, but uh, what, what I would, I found not one person, every single person I engaged over the last two years or so uh, in the airports or just out and around were thirsty for this information. And especially when I pulled out the smartphone app and I could show them the charts and the, and the science behind what I was saying. Yeah, that's interesting that they can get that um on the App Store? Yes, just search for Inconvenient Facts. Inconvenient Facts, yeah. The App Store or the, or the Google Play. In fact, we uh, I rolled the app out on the Glenn Beck uh, Blaze TV show in March of last year, and two days later, Apple removed it from the App Store. Uh, it was, maybe it has something to do with Al Gore being on Apple's board of directors. You think that might have something to do with it? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But uh, it was down for about two months. We finally got it got a place back up and it was they said it lacked compelling content this is the state of the art there's not a better it's the best without a doubt climate change app out there with all mm-hmm. this information and if you look at the other apps the, the, these other ones that are promoting uh, catastrophic man-made warming these look like failed middle school science fair projects uh, compared to mine again it's i've been told by a number of people I respect greatly that it's without a doubt the best uh, climate change app from the skeptical perspective 
And again, it's fact and science-based. Everything is sourced. Uh, the charts are, you can go, you can click on source, you can go, well, where did it come from? And it's got the text. I've got videos that I've created, original, on the app that you can link to. Mm-hmm. Greg, have you had your mind changed in all of your uh, study and everything that you've been doing relative to climate? Have you believed something and then had new information and data come in and then your mind changed? Hmm, good question. I'm trying to think. Um, I've probably had my, my beliefs well, most of this strongly reinforced. Uh, there's, I, I can't, I, I'd be open to it. Of course. Well, if, I appreciate that. If there's that contrary is... data out there. Right. The contrary data is, is what I'm presenting. Right. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's people willing to be influenced by, by truthful information. You know, I had a listener say, well, you know, why does YouTube and other platforms not want us to know the truth? I mean, nah. why is there so much uh, nah. fight against this? What's, well, what's wrong with a differing opinion? Yeah, that's you're going in from, and I get asked that a lot. Basically, why are they lying to us? And you're getting once you go there, you're really getting it from science to political science. And you know, I get a little bit uncomfortable in that regard as to why they're why we're being lied to and why we're being restricted and, and silenced. Uh, you know, there are a lot of you know, all of your listeners would be just as qualified as I am to, to tell me why it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? Is it, is it? is it more power, more taxation? There's a lot of money out there to be had. Is it global governance? You know, all these things might, might play into it. And a lot of people, too, they've well, – if you're a scientist and you've been backing this for 20 years, for most of your career, and you find you, – it, it's hard for people to change their minds once they've gone there, especially – if you're a scientist that, that has been saying, you know, pounding the table, saying it's it's man-made and it's catastrophic, to turn around and find something else, those those people have it happens. Uh, yeah. So when you have people like Al Gore saying, and I think it was 2004 or 2006 that Miami would be underwater in 2020, last time I checked, I think there was a major Super Bowl there in 2020. Is there ever a point where you go, okay, we were off, I, I was off base on that. And where was that? In Miami. Yeah, well, Miami's got a, uh, uh, Miami's got a, a different problem in that they've got subsidence going on. What is that? Uh, the earth itself is actually sinking at about the same rate as sea level is rising. And so it, in Miami area, that means that the rate of sea level rise is about double of most other areas around the world. Because if you follow me, you know, that gives you a relative sea level effect. Mm -hmm. So, but nevertheless, Miami's not underwater. No. And it's not thought, you know, it's, it's, yeah, these, once we get into sea level talk, it's, it's, it becomes, you know, we can talk about the same. If you look at if you look at tide gauges, which is the best long-term data out there, it's pretty clear that there's not been an acceleration in sea level mm-hmm. using tide gauges, yeah. and they go back hundreds of years. Uh, and there's now we are we are sea level is rising, but it's not an alarming rate. It's not going to be meters. It's mm-hmm. not going to be feet. Mm-hmm. Greg, I really enjoy uh, having you on the show. It's so interesting to get uh, 
to talk to scientists because it, it's a lot um, more enjoyable than listening to uh, all the stuff that you hear on the media all, all day long. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I, pr- I appreciate that. And actually, I'm gonna, I've got a Zoom meeting at 7 o'clock here. I'm being interviewed for my local area um, environmental advisory committee for my township. They're about they're about ready to do some really stupid things, <laughs> so I've got to get and get on with them. Yeah, well, I so appreciate you doing the show. Have a good meeting, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Thank you. You bet. Gregory Wrightstone has been my guest, a scientist and geologist for the last forty years. He's also written a book called Inconvenient Facts: The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. And I went to the App Store a while ago and got his app, and it's a free download if you want. To learn more about that, just go to your app store and type in Inconvenient Facts. That is the show we've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Patrick and David Miles and Gregory Wrightstone for being such great guests. I hope you've had a good day, and I hope you have a good night. As you lay your head on that pillow, just know that God's working out his great plan in your life. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.